Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter! We're at Season 3, Episode 36, it's the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, where today's podcast is proudly supported by the team of Matt and Anna Roller Games and their Mad for Footy board game, where they're kicking big bags of goals, making turnovers at critical times, and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what this new AFL AFL inspired board game is all about. And you can find them on at Roller Games on Instagram, Roller Games on Facebook, and rollergames.com.au. That's R O L A to find out a bit more about them, but more importantly, to get your hands on a matter footy board game for you and the family. I've only got three teams to touch base with uh, this week for the West Coast Fever, uh, the Glory Men, and the Western Force Men. And let's start off with them right off the start. Now they get the momentum forward side, Western Force, they hit the lead. A kick and go, it's thrust, a comeback story for the ages. Unfortunately, the team just couldn't replicate uh, their terrific win last week against the Highlanders. Uh, the Western Force put on a much improved performance on the on the park uh, during their second clash of the year against the strong Queensland Reds side uh, earlier. Uh, they got absolutely walloped. I think it was 70 points to 10 or 20. They got destroyed. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, they still went down, but only by 14 points in what was a very scrappy contest. Uh, Super Rugby Pacific itself, they celebrated a culture round as the Western Force boys went to war at Suncorp Stadium playing a physical brand of rugby in the 17-31 to loss. Now, it took no time for both sides to get stuck into each other with the Force playing good eyes up rugby in the first five minutes, attacking the space quite well. Uh, they were really looking to replicate the dream start they had last weekend. And the Force were on fire to start the game, scoring the first five points through Zach Kibridge, uh, punishing the Reds after a number of handling errors with a try in the corner. And returning from the UK, hometown hero Carlo Tizano got involved early in his return game, working hard around the ruck. Uh, but Queensland responded well by retaining possession and running through 17 phases before scoring their first try through Fraser McWright. Uh, the home side hit their stride in regards to the Queensland Reds, and they scored the next two tries before halftime, dominating most of the possession and making it hard for the force to play their brand of rugby. Now entering the second half, both sides had two major omissions, with the forces Tim Anstey staying on the sideline due to a head knock, and James O'Connor also subbed by the Reds. Uh, the force had a solid start to the second half, and did well to value the ball and build a number of phases that put pressure on the Reds' defence. Finally, the pressure paid off as skipper Michael Wells did a fancy spin move. Uh, that's right, technical term there, ladies and gentlemen. Off the ruck to score. Um, setting the force up well for their comeback hopes with the score sitting at 21-10. Obviously, the Western Reds being in front. Uh, the match turned into a defensive arm wrestle for the force, defending back on their own line for a long time, denying three potential Queensland tries. But eventually, the Reds were able to push over uh, and sort of push themselves up by 18 points, beating some absolutely rock-solid defense from the men in black and gold. Um, so, unfortunately, uh, you know, despite a late try, getting them back to an 11-point margin, um, benefiting, benefiting the men from the West who have a history of finishing strong, Tom Liner secured a late penalty that pushed the hosts just out of reach, as in, you know, just a little bit too far out of touch right in the very, uh, you know, last 
last periods of time, finishing a grueling clash that saw a well-drilled foresight put on an impressive performance. Uh, tries went to Zach Kibberidge, uh, two of them, and Michael Wells also got one. Uh, to the stats, let's just quickly sum them up. Uh, the possession, the Reds had 51%, and uh, specifically in the first half, they had 59% uh, percent of the possession. But the Western Force fought back in the second half. They had 55% of possession. Uh, time in opponent's half was 57%. Uh, to the Reds, and 62% in particular in the first half. Uh, Meters gained. Uh, surprisingly, the Western Force dominated this. Um, they actually had uh, 118 metres gained. Uh, but then uh, the Queensland Reds, they had 18 more carries. Uh, the Western Force had six more defenders that were beaten. And the rest of it sort of, you know, was pretty either close or not, not a massive difference. Of course, you know, with the amount of possession that our Queensland Reds were having, the force were going to make more tackles. They had 36 more tackles. Um, and then the rest of it, as we said, pretty simple. Uh, 20 less rucks won from the Western Force perspective. So, you know, and uh, 11 less lineouts won as well. So they were pretty important. And they conceded four more penalties. So not really um, the way that you want to go. But um, And then as a result uh, of that loss, they've uh, just slightly dropped to 10th. So uh, there's still a couple of points out of 8th spot, which is finals. So we'll see if they can bounce back next week. And uh, speaking of next week, let's go to uh, who they're going to be playing next. And unfortunately, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, they're going to be playing the Crusaders at uh, Orang, sorry, Orange Theory Stadium. Um, so that's away. So, yep, uh, the team that's uh, sitting quite well and has won many, many, many championships, the Crusaders, it's going to be a tough ask. But um, let's see what they can do, see if they can bounce back. And uh, we look forward to touching base with them next week for another competitive effort, and who knows, they may even snatch a victory. But uh, we'll leave it there for the force. Let's now talk a little bit of West Coast fever. To pass is Ariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be oh. the exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. And then it was all finished off by Sasha Glasgow. So the West Coast Fever actually head into the midpoint of the 2023 Suncorp Super Nepal competition on top of the ladder after a 74-64 win over the Sunshine Coast Lightning in Queensland. Uh, the Lightning challenged the Fever throughout the second half and when the Power 5 commenced in the final quarter, the visitors led by 8 goals. But the Fever, they were able to capitalise on two missed super shots to control the final 5 minutes and walk away either win with the win. Well, let's sort of dive a little bit deeper. Um, they actually won the first term by eight goals. Um, after the sides traded scores on center pass to start the game, Fever were able to get, uh, to able to silence the home crowd with a five goal run. Two super shots to Sasha Glasgow during the power five helped to create a handy eight goal lead at quarter time. And uh, Courtney Bruce, she continued her stellar form um, in the second quarter with two gains and intercept and two important rebounds to help Fever build on their lead. Uh, Teague kneeled, Sasha Glasgow and Jess Ansis, um, after she was moved into centre for the Power 5, helped the Fever control the contest for the, for the majority of that quarter as they went to the main break um, with a 13-goal lead um, that was 39-26. Now, entering the third term, the Lightning came out firing to begin the third quarter with the first three goals before an arm wrestle developed through until the Power 5. Uh, the Fever, they were in control with an 11-goal lead, and then Lightning captain Steph Wood stepped up with four super shots to reduce the Fever lead to seven in the final break. 
and into the last term. The Lightning continued to press in the final quarter and reduced the fever lead to as little as five goals halfway through the term. After the Lightning called a timeout, the fever began to build their pressure all over the court as the home team tried to reduce the margin during the power five. The visitors were able to capitalize on two missed super shots to control the final five minutes and walk away from the Sunshine Coast with the win. Uh, Fever maintains their position on top of the ladder as we spoke about with a 6-1 record at the halfway mark. In a sad note, former Fever player Shannon England appeared to sustain a knee injury for the Sunshine Coast. So unlucky, you, know, you never want to see players that used to play or even currently play um, you know, have, have those kinds of knee injuries. Uh, Janelle Fowler, she was just unstoppable. 65 of 65 goals, uh, just 100% there, just um, absolutely dominant. Uh, and if we're talking about um, some other stats, and of course our assists and our feed, Alice Teague-Neal, she had 33 assists and 37 feeds. Uh, Sasha Glasgow had 15 assists and 25 uh, feeds. And from the gains, interceptions, uh, Courtney Bruce had four gains. Uh, she also had four. Uh, five deflections, uh, as did Sunday Ariane. So, uh, yeah, another great win for the West Coast Fever. Just uh, dominating Suncorp Super Netball at this point in time, halfway, you know, at the halfway point. Uh, they, uh, let's just look at the points. They're two points clear of the Thunderbirds. Of course, they got, they had that very, very tight loss last week, um, and the Thunderbirds have had a draw as well. That's why they're only two points off. So it's still tight at the top, but uh, there's a bit of daylight between you know, first and second, and then third and fourth at the moment. So, yep. Uh, they've got another away game, I'm pretty sure, coming up. But let's just quickly check the fixture from the Suncorp Super Netball app. And uh, yes, that's right. They are playing the Melbourne Vixens at uh, John Kane Arena. Another away game before a string of home games. And uh, the Melbourne Vixens, they're sitting for. So that's not going to be an easy contest at all. In fact, they're going to have to play their absolute best netball to take care of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, well done. Another away win. Just uh, absolutely rocketing and rolling at the moment. We're going to leave it for the West Coast Fever. And we look forward to touching base with them next week. Hopefully with another W on the board. On glory, glory, Glory's final game of the 2022-2023 Azusa Ute A-League campaign saw them slip to a 2-1 home defeat at the hands of defending champions Western United uh, after defender Mark Beavers was sent off with more than 30 minutes left to play. Now, uh, as we all know, going into the game, there was an earlier contest which was really super important to if uh, finals were a real realistic chance for them. But uh, Wellington Phoenix's win over MacArthur earlier in that day meant that Glory's finals hopes had already been extinguished by the time they got underway at HBF Park. And they actually soon fell behind um, through a close-range goal. Uh, Keegan Jelicic duly restored parity on the stroke of halftime, applying a composed finish after seizing upon a stray pass uh, from a Western United defender. Um, they sort of hit home in front shortly after the break, only for Adams in Marino's effort to be controversially ruled out offside. So they had another chance. They were almost up 2-1. But uh, unfortunately, to no, uh, to sort of no uh, efforts or advantage or, you know, surprise there. Now, moments later, Noah Botic from uh, Western United tapped in at the other end. And when Beavers then picked up two yellow cards in the space of three minutes, Glory were unable to find a way back into the game for a second time. 
while conceding that his charges had made a sluggish start, head coach Ruben Zakovich felt they were unfortunate to have you know, been empty-handed, and uh, quoting Ruben Zakovich here. In the first half, I thought we were poor. We didn't play well enough. We got caught a couple of times and just lacked movement and cohesion. But the second half, I thought we started really well, having changed a few things at halftime, and then that second half was a little bit like our whole season, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't think we had the rub of the green at the right times. I felt like we should have had a goal, and I don't know why I was disallowed. That goal would have changed the game dramatically. Now, perhaps deflated by the result in Wellington, not going their way, Glory was second best in the opening exchanges and found themselves trailing midway through the opening period when, uh, as we said, um, there was a neat 1-2 uh, between two individuals from Western United that uh, resulted in beating Cameron Cook. And they almost doubled their lead as Cook was forced to make a smart save uh, from one of the United defenders before Jack Clisby did even better to block another follow-up effort. And the men in purple made the most of that reprieve by leveling things up just two minutes later. But then, of course, uh, the second half began as dramatically as the first had ended, with Glory believing they had taken the lead when Anthony Burke Gilroy's effort hit the post. And halftime substitute Adrian Zimmerino reacted quickest to stroke comb the loose ball. But VAR, however, appeared to a judge Adam Taggart to have been offside as Burke Gilroy's shot came in, even though he did not seem to be interfering with play. And from then on, Glory's night took a distinct turn for the worst. Within two minutes, um, there was a slotted in cross um, that sort of set back from the compound when two fouls from Beavers in quick succession saw the skipper receive his marching orders the final whistle prompted a touching tribute to retiring western united icon alessandro diamanti from both sets of players before the glory squad uh, were left to reflect upon a ninth place finish which means the club will face an fa cup qualifying playoff later in the year so yes, unfortunately they finished ninth, uh, six points out of uh, sixth place. So it was just one of those seasons. Uh, well, not one of the seasons, but it was just. It seemed the match was, as uh, Coach Ruben Zakovic said, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, almost their whole season. Um, they were pretty much terrific at home throughout the campaign. Uh, they didn't lo- lose too many games at all, whether it was Macedonia Park or HBF Park. But they just could not win on the road. They couldn't get the points that they needed. A couple more wins, and we wouldn't even be talking about, you know, um, hope hoping for the results in the earlier game to go their way. Uh, it would have just been, you know, are they going to be finished? finishing second, third, fourth, or fifth. Um, so, but they're all ifs, buts, maybes, and probables, and they just weren't good enough. But they're on the right track. Lots of young players are being played, just terrific. Um, and, you know, the context is three of their best players uh, in regards to Sam Khalifi, uh, Aaron McInef, and even David Williams in the last sort of third of the campaign that they didn't play a lot of it when it was really, really up for grabs, when they really needed quality midfield, you know, and forwards as well too. Um, they just missed them when they needed them the most. But hey, that's football. These things happen. And uh, I know that Ruben Zakovic has said it many, many times before, that's going to take a number of transfer windows to get in the players that they want and that they need. But hopefully, I know that Sam Khalifi has re-signed. Not sure about Aaron McInef. Hopefully he can come back. And uh, they've got Taggart for another couple of seasons. He was a breath of fresh air. And, you know, I certainly wouldn't have a problem with bringing David Williams back too, despite, you know, him being in his late 30s. But lots of positive signs for the glory. 
terrific season. Finished dead last last year, and they were in the hunt for the finals right up to the very end. So you've got to think, that's gutsy. Lots of positives from there. And uh, But we're done for the Perth Glory until we get some signings, personnel updates. We'll touch base with them about that, as we have with the Perth Wildcats. But for now, for the Isuzu Ute uh, Hyundai A-League season for the Perth Glory, they're out. And they're done. All right, that is another episode. That is Season 3, Episode 36 of WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, where we say goodbye to the Perth Glory for another A-League campaign. Uh, fell a little bit short, but lots of positives throughout the uh, throughout the season, as we just sort of spoke about. Uh, the, the West Coast Fever, they're just rolling. 6-1, and one, sitting top of the table, midway point of the season, and uh, unfortunately a tough loss for the Western Force. Big improvements compared to the last time that they played the Queensland Reds, but not good enough, and they're still sitting in that, uh, you know, the bottom part of the ladder and they've got to start building some momentum but it doesn't get any easier going up against the Crusaders away but uh, from a Batmaner perspective if you haven't already don't forget to like subscribe leave a rating and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify you can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram and whether you're listening in the morning the afternoon or the evening it's been an absolute privilege to have you on board we look forward to touching base with you and all of our teams on the WA domestic sporting scene. But yours truly, Adam Bat. I'm out for now. <laughs>